You are listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break, episode 121. Hey, today I talk about a few different things. This is kind of a, we call it a dirty podcast. It's just off the cuff. I was just sitting at my desk and I was actually just having a conversation with one of my employees, Suraj. So Suraj is a videographer and um, we usually sort of dive deep and he asks me questions and we have a bit of a chat about things. But today we're talking about what makes an amazing photographer and why we admire some photographers or the photographers that we do. We also talk about, which is more interesting to me, is um, energy versus time and how we make decisions in our day around whether we're too busy or whether it's time-based or whether it's energy-based. So you're going to get a little insight into how I actually run my life, how I run my business and how I'm very much always trying to make an impact, but I think about my energy over everything else. I think you're going to find this Quite interesting because I actually haven't really said this anywhere before and no one's really asked me before. So I give a couple of analogies and a few stories and I think you're going to see how much, you know, that I show up for things and how relentless I've been in my business and stuff like that and um, how you can be too and how you can make different decisions or how you can probably do a lot more than what you think that you can do. And I think that's really important. Before we get started in today's episode though, I want you to go over to the Wedding Photography Summit website, which is weddingphotographysummit.com and I want you to join that wait list because the summit starts in just a few weeks and there's going to be a big pre-sale this time. So we've got front row seats plus we have some other bonuses that will sell out with the first tickets, maybe even before it actually goes on sale to the public. So if you want to be in on that, you need to head over to the weddingphotographysummit.com And you need to register your name in there and then you will be on there to be able to purchase tickets a week before everybody else and you'll have first dibs on everything. So if you don't know what the Wedding Photography Summit is, we have the biggest speakers in the world. The lineup's been huge. So in past ones and this year we had Gary V. We have wedding photographers like Jose Vila and India Earl and Jonas Peterson and so many amazing, incredible photographers. And it really has been actually the biggest workshop in the world. So the first one that we had was over 8,000 paying attendees, which makes it the biggest workshop in the world. And I know no one has done something on the scale that we have done before. So pretty, pretty incredible. Now, I want you to be part of this one because it's going to be on another level with experience. We want to make sure the experience is awesome, the education is awesome, the speakers are incredible, you're getting so much inspiration, all that kind of stuff. So if you're feeling a little bit flat or if you're feeling like you want to connect with a new community, you want to get some new ideas, you want to innovate your business, you want to keep up with the trends and with marketing and with whatever it is, then this is going to be the event for you. It goes over two days. A ticket is only $7 and it includes a 24-hour replay. We also have a VIP ticket, which will be $47, I believe, and it's going to be 12-month replay. And we're also going to have super duper limited front row seats and they'll be available for pre-sale. So if they're not sold out, then you'll be able to get to those. So again, head over to WeddingPhotographySummit.com and I'll see you there. could I be better at filming and documenting the content around the office? Yeah. You need to get that camera out more. I think 
I believe it's not me that might be scared in front of the camera. I reckon you might be a little bit more scared behind the camera because when we pick up the camera, we always feel bad. Like you were saying before, like you feel bad that you can see the reaction of people. You can see how uncomfortable people get and stuff yeah. like that. And so the reason why we look up to any amazing documentary maker or, or wedding photographer or something like that is they always shoot like wider angle lenses and they're getting closer. Hmm. Think about me as a photographer. Like I think a lot of people love like my style or whatever it is, but what it actually is is I'm, I'm comfortable with getting uncomfortable. And so when I first started, I was like really shy, really nervous. I didn't want to get in front of people at the ceremony. I didn't want to get in front of people like ever. I didn't want to get in front of people. You know? Did you get a lot of photos of people's backs? Yeah, well, I got a lot of photos from far away, you know what I mean? And so then after a while, because for some reason we all think the world evolves around us. So when you're in a ceremony, you think everyone's looking at me, I'm the photographer, I'm the only one standing up. But what I realized is like as I got more confident with my photography and with, I guess, within myself, I started caring less about what people care about. And then I started caring more about my images, mm. which means I didn't care if I was standing in front of people or standing in front of the mum at the ceremony or standing a metre away from the couple or something like that. And I think most people do. Hey, and look, I've actually seen in Facebook groups that people, like, they will say, like, I can't believe the photographer stood in the way the whole time or they got in the way or the videographer got in the way. And I reckon even seeing things like that kind of, like, drops your confidence because you start thinking I'm that person yeah and so I noticed like I started getting influenced by those things but the best photographers on the planet are ones where we admire where they got so uncomfortable that we wouldn't do it ourselves or we wouldn't take that photo we wouldn't get that close like we wouldn't lay down like they did or Mm. get in someone's face like they did so the more that you get into someone's face and you own it two things happen one is people become comfortable after a while because it's a shock factor for a little bit. But if you're confident about it, they are obviously confident about you. So then that kind of wears off. But then you kind of have an all-access pass to be able to get the best moments because now they're used to having the camera in front of them and you don't mind really shoving that camera right where it needs to be to get the photos that people love. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, Well, and I think like if you're going to make more content in our studio right now, like you need to get the camera in my face yeah. and in everyone else's face, even when someone walks in. Yeah. Because then it's like, well, what's this guy doing? It's like shock factor, right? Mm. It's like, what's this guy doing filming me? People joke about it, laugh about it for a second, feel uncomfortable. And yeah. then straight away their attention moves somewhere else and then it's all over. They don't even remember the camera. Yeah. And then you get an all access pass to what other people don't see. Yeah, that's, that's so true, man. You know, the first few seconds when, when you've got a camera in someone's face, you feel that, or you see something in their face, they feel awkward and then mm. you feel awkward and then mm. there's this awkward kind of moment that you think is lasting forever, but actually it stops, like you said, after about three seconds, it could be five seconds, it could be a minute, but it eventually goes away and then everyone's comfortable. I think it also like um, the lens choices that people have, you know, like when you shoot on a like a like a far away lens and then you can tell it's been far away and it's positioned and, mm. and it's right there. It's kind of has like a different emotional connection compared to like if you were close to someone. Yeah. I honestly think, man, the best photographers on the planet that we all look up to actually shoot wide angle because I don't know about you, but as I got more confident, the wider my lens got because the closer that I got. 
And the more that I got more obtrusive in people's way, and the more I got in people's way, the more people went, that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't do that. Look where he's standing for the kiss. While everyone else is like, get out of the way. Jai literally holds the camera to their face going, go for it, guys. What, what lens do you use for the kiss? Oh, it should be a 10 millimeter, shouldn't it? <laughs> get right in there. Fish eye. Fish eye lens, yeah. So, yeah, you were talking about, yeah, you mentioned people that you've seen in, in certain groups where there's seven-figure people and there's five-figure people. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the difference between them. Well, I guess like it's um what what I've noticed just looking around because you're kind of always in different Facebook groups and you can kind of see the mentality of people. And what I've noticed is like when I'm in a group where people are kind of struggling, they're just starting out or um, like whatever the reason being of why they're not where they want to be, right? They're usually making lower income and things like that. They usually complain a little bit more or they limit themselves with their time. They're always busy. They don't have any money, like things like that. And so I'm in Facebook groups where people make seven figures and beyond. And what I notice is like, if you're in one Facebook group and they say like the mastermind, it's at 1am, then they will say like, well, I'm not going to wake up for that. Like there better be a replay. I better get a refund. How could anyone do this? And then they'll start complaining, making up excuses. And then there's drama. And you can sort of see straight away, like why they don't have success. Yeah. But then on the other side, if you see like the seven-figure earners and beyond, you'd think these guys would want to be more comfortable because, you know, they make more money and stuff. But they're the ones that would say like, 1 a.m., yeah, set my alarms, not a problem, I'll be there. And you'd never see anyone complaining in that space about something so small mm. because they move more like water, like you were saying before. It's like they will change something. Maybe like they would rather not be rested and struggling than be tired and successful. Where someone else is like, oh, I'm rested to do nothing all day. You know, I'm going to go watch some Netflix in the afternoon. And it's like, why do they protect their time and their rest so much when they're not even got anything going on? But over here, yeah, yeah, it's the comfort zone. And then over here, these guys, they're just like, I know I can take a nap at 1 p.m. It doesn't matter. You know, I can move around. I can make a change. And just what they're getting at 1 a.m. is better than what they were going to get at 1 a.m., which is two extra hours of sleep. And so, well, I guess like the analogy and the point is one group of people are not willing to do much to get uncomfortable. Wake up at 1 a.m. That doesn't seem like a problem to me. Like I would not care, right? But the other group, they will do what the other group won't do. Like they will wake up at 1 a.m. They will take action. They will do the things that these guys won't do and that way they get the success that these guys will never have and will never experience. Do you think that's that mentality is ingrained in them? I think there's it's a nature nurture thing and I think you work on it. Like you've got to have some sort of personality or some sort of driver or, or a why at a younger age to even come to the epiphany that you want to start learning, growing, and you're hungry for more, right? These guys here, they might be complacent. They might be living normal lives. These guys here are hungry. They want something more. And the drivers got them to where they are now, but they know they're going somewhere else, you know? They're not at their destination yet. Yeah, there's something about complaining that <laughs> it just lets you know that someone's mentality and someone mm. rich dad or poor dad. Man, complaining. Not monetary, like yeah. not financially, but... Just mentality-wise. I think like complaining and being a victim on anything, it's a lot of the times we try and find someone else to blame and everything else to blame, but we never blame ourselves. Mm. So that would be this category over here where it's like, I don't want to wake up that time because I don't have I don't have time. I'm going to be tired. I'm too busy, like all these things. And we complain about all these things. 
but we don't take responsibility and go like, wait, wait a second, maybe I do have time. Maybe I can make time or maybe it's my fault that I don't have time. And then these guys over here, they would take more responsibility. So if you take responsibility off your own schedule, off your own time, for your own success, and you're thinking, hey, man, I am willing to grow right now or go for this opportunity. I'm going to change my time. I'm going to make something work, you know? Yeah, so it's not that rich people have more time or more free time. It's mm. that they're willing to move their time around to like make and, it and work. reprioritize just everything and put the most impactful the most opportunity first and then is that how they structure their definitely day, man so it's like comes down to pretty much everyone that i know that says they're too busy for anything they always say like oh if i, I do a test say what's the last thing you watch on netflix oh last night actually <laughs> you know the whole season of this <laughs> all right cool man so you got no time to prioritize for the things that make impacts because you're too you're busy and then you watch Netflix, then you're too tired, then you slept in and then it's just like a big cycle, right? Mm. So they're not managing their time and they're not going over after something that's going to make an impact. So I almost guarantee people that complain that they're too busy, like compared to someone that maybe they got more success, literally you almost never hear them say, I'm too busy. Because if, you, if I said to them, hey, you want to get on my podcast today, right now, They'll say like, yeah, I've got time, Jai. Actually, I'm going to change my schedule right now. I'm going to make something happen. You know, I'm going to move something. But people that have no money usually have no time because they're too busy and they're broke because they spend it all. Mm. They spend all their time being busy and they spend all their money fueling being busy. But people over here, they have time and they got money because they always save some time for opportunities and they always save money for opportunities, right? So the one thing they don't have though is energy where the other group, they've got energy left over. That's why they get on and watch some Netflix. That's why they can like procrastinate and do yeah. things where the guys that are making more impact, they know that the one thing that doesn't replenish tomorrow, because time will, you get another 24 hours, money will, you can make some more money, but your energy, once it's depleted, you go to sleep, refill it back up, and you, you're you wow. back at 100% again. So if you don't use that 100% of your energy... It's a waste of energy. You've wasted it. Yeah. Like, why go to bed with 20% energy left? It makes sense. You're getting it back. <laughs> you're recharging the next yeah. day, right? Yeah. So, um, like, imagine if we put that in, like, bank account terms. Imagine if every day you woke up and you had $1,000. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Why, why would you spend it? Bucks? Yeah, why would you leave $200? But not only that, why would you leave $200... And then you you yourself cut the grass when you can pay that 200 bucks to someone to else like to do that. So it's like, yeah, definitely energy is the only thing that mm. is depleted and then replenished the next day. Mm. Whereas, so literally the way I look at my time, I look at my time as like my energy. And you know this because you go like, are you tired now? You don't say, are you too busy? You're like, are you tired now? Because I think about it as energy. So the way I look at something, I'm like, hey, Jai, do you want to go on a podcast? I'm like, do I have the energy? Mm. Because if I do, if I've got 5% energy left, I'll be like, yeah, we can go for 40 minutes. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm thinking about how much energy I've got left to put into something to make an impact yeah. to know that tonight, and I do. I, dude, I fall asleep before a plane takes off when I get on the plane <laughs> because I'm like, fuck, I used all my energy. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll sit there and, you know, Lilu hates it because she's like, how do you fall asleep? I'm awake the whole time mm. reading the magazine. I'm like, well, fuck. I was tired. I'm, you know, I'm running and <laughs> doing these things. Got a second to sit down. I'm like, yeah, this is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Every yeah. night's the same. Yeah. When I ask you that, yeah, because I don't want you to use your energy. It's That's what I'm asking about, your energy to use it like on a conversation when I know that you've got like a meeting coming up mm. and you need it for that. Well, here's something that will blow your mind. Yeah. When we talked about before about complaining, 
Okay, this is funny. This is, this is crazy. When we talked about like complaining, making up excuses, reason why we're unlucky, why we're not getting money, that person will use up their energy making up excuses of why they're too busy. That same energy <laughs> this person's going to use to get the success. Just say yes. And so because we both have the same amount of energy, no Red Bull, no coffee is going to give you more of it because you've got the same amount of energy. People that make seven figures and beyond and just make big impact, they do big things. They know that they have a limited resource of energy, so they're not going to waste it on complaining, making up excuses, yeah. being a victim, looking for someone to blame or anything like that. Yeah, and that does take energy, complaining. More energy, I think, yeah. than it is going after your success. <laughs> so many times you can spend like half an hour just making up reasons why you shouldn't do something that takes less mm. than half an hour to do. Yeah. <laughs> like it takes more energy to stay in bed and to hit the snooze button yeah. than it is to just get up out of bed and go do something, you know? So it's like if you work out that like how someone uses their energy like that, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. So when we're talking about, so like this here, this podcast itself, mm. like what I'm thinking about is, oh, man, do I have time? Mm. Whereas you who is more busy than me or who is busier than me mm. is thinking, no, this is a, we've got a half an hour space, a 40-minute space, and it's a good opportunity mm. you know, that might save to time. To exert that energy. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't think about my energy, and I've got probably more energy than you right now. Mm. So you've got – you've actually, in actuality, you've got less – so you've got more on your schedule mm-hmm. and less energy, not that yeah. – Yeah, yeah. Whereas I've got less on my schedule and more energy, and I'm mm. thinking about bloody – your time. time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas you're thinking about the opportunity, yeah. which makes me realize that, um, which is funny because you're looking at the time. <laughs> I'm looking at my schedule right now. The, the funny thing is like I look at my schedule and yeah. what I did look at when you said like, should we jump on and do a quick podcast interview, right? Yeah. What I actually looked at is I've got a high ticketing mentor session after this yeah. where this guy's paid me a lot of money to talk to me. And I'm like, that's going to go for an hour and I need to give him my undivided attention, like proper attention on that one. So when you asked me that, I looked at that and then I looked at what's next and I was like, all the other things are low value tasks that won't take any energy. So as long as this podcast is short enough and then I'm left with one hour left of energy for that person, then I know I've used up my energy and I'm, yeah. I'm good to go. Like wow. it doesn't really matter. See, that is amazing. That's to see how you actually did that mm. and for you to break that down for me is how my brain works, I guess. But that makes more sense than you talking, like telling me about that. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Whereas I, had a, <laughs> whereas I didn't even look at my son on my schedule. I didn't look. At <laughs> You're already too busy. <laughs> you haven't even looked at your schedule. <laughs> <laughs> like we do that all the time, man. People, like people go, like, "Hey, man, I, I can't afford lunch today. I'm broke." I'm like, "Have you even looked in your bank account? <laughs> <laughs> How do you know you're always broke? You know, Which like means that they're like they're already be meditated. They've already yeah. decided that they can't afford lunch today. <laughs> can't afford lunch. Don't have the energy, man. People ask me all the time. Like the biggest question that people ask me is like, "How the fuck do you get so much energy?" But what they see is they see when I'm at my prime of my energy mm. because when I am extroverting myself into the world yes. on a podcast, on a video, or you know, when they talk to me on a mentor session or on group call, they see me during those times. And then the t- other times I've lulled down and I'm like, okay, time to just like make a reel or time to brainstorm something because you know I've got less energy now. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. You know, the complaining thing, not just that it takes time and energy, that mentality, like when you were talking about how you structure your, when someone comes along with an opportunity, the first thing that you think about is you think of your schedule 
Mm-hmm. And then you think you're prioritizing opportunity. So this mm. is my highest opportunity or um, and you're prioritizing that at the top and and so forth, right? Whereas mm. I feel like people that complain, like myself, we're not prioritizing anything. We're not thinking about, <laughs> we're not thinking about opportunity or anything. Mm. What we're thinking about is all the negatives, like immediately. So you, when, when you're presented with an opportunity, you're thinking about how you can benefit from that. And you're comparing that to everything else that you're mm-hmm. planned out that day. Definitely. Um, and prioritizing it. Whereas I'm thinking, man, ah, oh, this problem, then that problem, and that second problem, third problem, and this fourth problem, all these problems. And I'm trying to work out how to deal with those problems before I've said yes. Whereas you've said yes, and then you're just like, whatever problem comes. Yeah, I'll, I'll deal, deal with the problem. It's literally the opposite. Yeah. It it's literally the opposite <laughs> mindset, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense because the end result is also the opposite. Mm. So like when we're busy, we're not making an impact. We're just busy, right? And here's a good analogy. Like a lot of people say like, oh man, I had a big day at work today. I was really busy. I sat on a chair. You can sit on a chair and you can be at work for eight hours, but you're not actually there. You're like scrolling on Facebook. Then you went to the toilet three times. Then you walked over and got some lunch and then you had a chat with someone and then something else happened. So your definition is like, I did. And this is the worst place to be in, the worst in the world, because you believe you've done something, Mm. right? And then you go like, oh man, I'm, not getting a pay rise. I'm not getting any results. Mm. Like I'm not having a big output, but because you sat on the chair, you feel like, well, I deserve something. I deserve a pay rise. (laughs) Like, so, you know, I did the work, right? (laughs) When nothing actually happened. So someone that gets like a tremendous amount of success fast is, you know, they know sitting on the chair is not going to do anything. So they can sit there for two hours, Mm. make the same amount of impact. But if you prioritize the things that you do each day and push things out of the way, if there's something else comes up that's even higher priority to making a bigger impact in your business, then it's like a big domino because other things fall over. Does that make sense? So yeah. you're always going after the end result of what the big thing can be. So me being here right right now, man, you said, can I jump on a podcast? I've got lots of shit to do, right? I can be on a podcast right now because I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Because I know if I'm talking to you right now on a podcast, this is going to go on social media. I know I'm going to post this onto my podcast. I know people are going to share this. I know someone might hear it yeah, and they might counting, reach out to me. You're counting then, opportunities. Yeah, they might reach out to me. And I'm like, oh, someone might interview me around this subject now. So these are all things that are playing through my mind. And then I think about if I said no and went back to writing emails, what did I just do to myself? Mm. I kept busy. It didn't make an impact. You didn't sense? take up the opportunity as well. Yeah, I just lost all of that future stuff that just mm. went through my head. None of it exists anymore. Can we boil this down <laughs> to being positive and negative, just having a positive outlook and a negative outlook? Because what you just said now, for you to be able to do that, you have to have a positive mindset. Mm. Whereas I'm thinking about, oh, I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Am I going to say the right things? Oh, all that mm. kind of stuff. I feel like everyone else that you've probably invited I feel like everyone else that you've invited, like on the podcast, would be going through that. Whereas, and in the end, the reason why they'll say yes is because they're weighing the opportunity. They're saying, man, yeah, but the opportunity. Mm. But they're still struggling with the the negative side of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The, the past where, yeah. I, I think it's, it's really funny because I think when you think of the outcome of something, it outweighs being uncomfortable or the process or, or other things, right? But what's interesting is because the way that you said that, and I'd love to tell a little story here, I don't think about the process. And I think that's really funny because when you go into the deep dive of the process, how would this actually work? How would something happen? 
Where like if someone said like, can you be in Sydney tomorrow? I don't think about how can I get a ticket or anything. I'm like, just yes, let's make that happen. Then I start working out, oh, there's a few things I need to do. And I work through there. But a good example and a story I want to tell is like, when I got an email to talk at Way Up North in Germany, and I remember I was working with Morgan and I was like, Morgan, I got like, I got asked. This is a big thing. I got asked to talk in Germany. This is amazing. But the problem is it's in the middle of wedding season. Other problem is I think I had three weddings that weekend and then two weddings a weekend after. And so I was like, I want to go to Germany and I want to speak on this stage because this is a big workshop, right? Mm. So instead of going into the negatives, I immediately asked Morgan, what do you think, man? And he said, like, you'd be mad not to do it. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I wrote back saying, yes. I didn't work out the logistics, but the logistics to make that happen. Here's the thing. I didn't work at, I didn't think about it at all. Like the whole process. I knew that I was like, I have to get myself in that room. Then shot a wedding on Saturday, shot a wedding on Sunday, drove to the airport that night so I can stay there to get the first flight because I had to. Flew to Germany, which took me about 30 hours over like three flights, which was just painful, right? Got there on Tuesday. My talk was on Wednesday, so I was jet lagged. Then I realized I didn't really have much. I didn't know what I was going to talk about. And then I realized I was going to be nervous on stage. And then I realized like- When did you realize that? Well, just as I got there and looked at the (laughs) stage, right? I was like, oh my God, like how many people I'm going to talk in front of? I didn't even know. And then the guy was like, oh, I think um, 500 people are coming. I'm like, holy shit, 500 people. Then I was thinking, oh my God, man, I'm going to be, no- why did I say yes? Is what I'm thinking. Mm. Then I was like, I said yes, because I obviously need to push myself. And like, I didn't want to lose this opportunity. Right. But I was so scared of it. The most I've ever talked to before that was like a room of, I think 40 people. So I was working my way up. Then I remember like just before I was so tired, I was exhausted, all that kind of stuff. And then just before in the green room, they kind of treat you like you're famous. You're in the back in the green room. People come in and talk to you and stuff. And other rock star photographers come and talk to you and stuff. And then I'm standing there and they're like, you ready? You're on in a moment. And they're clipping a microphone to me and the videographers are coming in and they're all telling me stuff. I'm not listening to anything because I'm just <laughs> thinking butterflies are in the stomach. And I'm like, fuck, man, I'm, I'm about to walk out and stage you, you know. And then um, funny enough, actually, and the night before I w- went out with a couple of local people and uh, I was telling them how nervous I was. And then I got them to write on a piece of paper in German, like I'm, I'm about to shit my pants or I am shitting my pants, right? Anyway, so then it all starts and they said, Jai, you're on. And then I walk out into this auditorium and they got my photos massive in there. And as I walk down, everyone's eyes are on me and I'm walking down and there's a camera following me and the lights turn on and stuff. And I walk up onto this stage. Haven't done any prep for it. I haven't done the sound check. Don't know. Just got no idea. Turn around and then it's like a beam of light in my eyes. I can't see. There's no speakers on the stage, so I can't hear myself. So I'm talking. I don't know if everyone can hear me. And I turn around and I'm like a deer in headlines. And I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck am I doing here, (laughs) right? So tired, so ruined. And then I got out that piece of paper and I I read in German, like I'm about to shit my pants and everyone cracked up laughing. And then I was like, okay, it's all good. And then I presented for like about an hour. But then from there... I had to, there was like a big after party and then I had to get straight on the 30 hour flight to get back to Melbourne just in time for the next wedding. And then I shot three weddings in a row and then I finally got home. So it was like five weddings later and around the world within seven days, basically. And so when you look at that, man, no one else would say yes to that opportunity because they would be like, I'm too busy. Mm. You know, I can't do it. I'm too busy. Where I looked at it and I was like, I've got energy every day I wake up, I've got new energy. So I know I can make it happen. I know the impact that this will have. I know how uncomfortable that I'll get. I'm willing to wake up at 1 a.m. going back to that last thing, you know? Other people are like, I'm not willing to wake up at 1 a.m. Give me a refund. I'm like, fucking get me there. 
I'll stay awake all night on the plane. I don't care. Mm. And so I didn't actually think of the process. So not there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I only thought of the end result. And then the end result all came true. I talked on the stage. You know, <laughs> people shared it. Like I made connections. I made friends. Like it helped me propel my my um, business. Like it it did all the things that I thought it would do. And at the end of the week, it was definitely worth doing. Mm. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a good story to end on. It's incredible, man. It's a lot harder than waking up at 1am, that's for sure. Exactly. And so it's funny because like at that stage too, man, it's not like I was like a rock star educator or anything yeah. like that. It's like I was in the same pool you know, the same as everybody else that won't wake up at 1am to watch a mastermind or something. And so when they see that, like, I would travel around the world. They paid some of my travel. I don't, like, I don't want to spill the beans on this. I um, think they paid my travel and didn't pay me to talk. So it wasn't like I made money. I was out of pocket, like yeah. definitely way out of pocket to yeah. be there. So the, like the opportunity, like the downside was huge, dude. Mm. You know, so it's like, you know, when we like mediate risk, it's like, well, the downside's massive. But for me, I knew... The downside's massive, so it wasn't worth putting my attention into how massive the downside is mm. because I'm losing my energy. I just had to realize like how up the upside is, and that is fucking huge. Yeah, look, I don't want to go take it back to like I don't want to blame anything mm-hmm. and or attribute to anything, but you definitely have like a uh, an immediate positive response to anything that comes in front of you. Definitely, and I feel like for me, it's the opposite. It's mm. immediately I'm thinking problem, problem, problems. Mm. And if somehow, if people like me could flip that, mm-hmm. firstly, obviously, you have to be aware of it. You've got to be aware of it, yeah. If but man, that, like you, you, can, you can work on it. I know you can. And it's, it's like when you have those glass ceilings or when people say you have a mindset shift and stuff like that, like literally that is what it is because when you get into, you know, like the business map Facebook group and someone's like, oh, my God, like I've got to share a win. I just had a mindset shift and I'm thinking different. I realize this, right? Like one person said the other day, I realized that I was trying to have an abundant mindset, but abundance is everywhere. It's just that I had a limiting mindset. So because mm-hmm. that change for them, we realized that like everything's there. It's just they're limiting themselves. And it's the same is right now. It's like, you know that there's positives and negatives and everything. Mm-hmm. But then once you identify it, you've got to actually proactively yeah. go does this serve me? Mm. And so here's the practical, or here's the thing to think about. Like, and um, Morgan and I have talked about this as well. It's like, if you're sitting in traffic and you're like, you know, getting white knuckles thinking like, why isn't this person going in front of me? Like lights green and you're getting angry or whatever it is. It's like, you got to stop and you got to think about why am I triggered by this? Why does it actually matter? Does being angry make me get there any faster? Does it bring any joy to my life? Does it do anything positive? Mm. Right. And so, or do you feel like a little bit silly for yelling at the person, like a little bit stupid for being impatient when you couldn't get around them anyway? And when you realize that, it's kind of like some sort of self-awareness and then all of a sudden this weight comes off your shoulders because you like can ungrip that steering wheel because you're like, well, actually, well, maybe it's a good chance to put on my favorite podcast. Maybe I could learn something right now. Maybe I could ring my mom. I never talk to her enough. Maybe I could do something else. Like it's, there is like opportunities everywhere. I reckon I have had that conversation in my head while like angry or something mm. frustrated or whatever, but I feel like it still doesn't change that. It takes a long time, man. Oh, does it? <laughs> a long time. Like for me to change my mindset, like even to where it is now and like people don't realize it's not just like overnight, like this took, because I had a really bad mindset when I was growing up. Mm. This took like 10 years of solid, like I listened to audiobooks, 
I'll listen to like lots of them on the same subjects. I listen to podcasts. I have limiting beliefs. Yeah, that doesn't, that works for you, but not for me. Like I'll go through all that. And then it, it takes a long time to get comfortable of going like, oh, it's an automatic response. I only just realized it's automatic that how, I don't even think about anything else. How long are you saying? That, that was like my whole life journey, mm -hmm. basically. But for the last 10 years, I've been actively yeah. working on my mindset. When were you first able to have that conversation in your head mm. while you're heated up? I think um, the first conversations and when I kind of like had a mindset shift probably wasn't around that, like getting heated up, but it was around like limiting beliefs. And I remember like doing my apprenticeship, growing up poor and stuff, people always told me things of like, you can't be rich if you're not a lawyer or if you don't have a job. You can't make money if you don't do this and, and things like that. And so I believed it, right? Mm. And the first time someone shifted my mindset is when I was talking to a new boss of mine and he was like being a millionaire three times, being bankrupt three times. He's just became a millionaire again after being bankrupt five years ago and he was like 65. And he was just like this wild genius dude. And I was telling him, I was like, man, you can't make money as being an electrician. And he was just like, what? Like, <laughs> and then he had a chat to me and he blew my mind with just a few things that he said. But he was an opportunist and he would see opportunity everywhere. He was like, he was like, Jai, if it everyone is in a different level of life and they have different opportunities, they have different opportunities to them and different success presented to them based on what they believe, right? So for instance, he's like, you're here doing an uh, apprenticeship maybe you're doing an apprenticeship to be an electrician. Now, if you just wanted to make money and be an amazing electrician, you don't need to do an apprenticeship. You don't need to finish it. You don't need to do it. You don't need to be an electrician. You can go and start an electrical business, hire electricians, and then have them work for you and you can use their license. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you think that you weren't smart enough to be a doctor, you know you can start a doctor's practice, <laughs> hire doctors, use their licenses, and then you're the one making the doctor salary based off the doctors that work for you. So you're at the top of the pyramid. Yeah, yeah. But it's not open to you because you don't believe that that's possible. Mm. Does that make sense? You believe you've got to be at the bottom and then you've got to work one rung at a time to get to the top. But it's like if you just want to be at the top, you can literally just come to the top. So I think that was the first time that, um, and that was like early 20s. And I was like, oh my God, like I've been thinking of everything wrong. And if he's telling me, because because it landed on me differently because he was like wealthy and, and all that kind of stuff. And I felt like if he's telling me this, then fuck, it's true. And he's done this. Mm -hmm. And that means everyone else is wrong because no one else has any success. And everyone's always giving me the unsolicited advice that I never asked for. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then from there, I was just on a hunt, man. I was like, I need to change my mindset. I need to work on something to, to make the dream work. You got three minutes. You've been listening to Make Your Break. Yeah. <laughs>